Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Our scripture reading now. We're going to have two short readings from Matthew, one from the beginning of the book of Matthew and one from the end. And if it seems a little premature to be having a Christmas reading this morning, I'm not going to apologize because the children downstairs are starting their children's work on Christmas today, and they're thinking about Emmanuel, God with us. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, he was, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then right at the end of Matthew's gospel, in chapter 28 and verse 16, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. May God bless the reading of his word. Now I apologize to the ladies' fellowship because I'm going to do a little bit of what I did with you a few weeks ago about names. And the young people this morning are starting with a a session called Emmanuel, God with us. And when I saw that on on the program, I thought, I have to do that in church as well. And uh, names are very important. Now, my given names are Brenda Elizabeth, Elizabeth for the Queen, and I believe after my grandma who died before I was born. But Brenda, why did they call me that? It was not a name I ever liked. It was very uncool as a a teenager in the 60s and 70s, and I longed to change it to something more glamorous. Now, I grew up in church, in a church-going family. Church, Sunday school, youth club, girls' brigade were what I did as a child and a teenager, and I assumed that that made me a Christian. And it wasn't until I came here to Abergavenny in my 30s 
when I was married with two little boys by then, that I realized that being a Christian was more than just going to church and trying to be a good person. I knew that there was something missing. And it was then that I asked Jesus to forgive my sins and come into my life. I made a commitment then to enter into a a living relationship with Jesus. Then I became involved in prayer activities, especially for our local area and for Wales. I trained as a preacher. I became part of a group of women called WOW, Women of the Word, ladies from lots of different churches who had a heart for worship and for prayer. A lot of what I was learning and experiencing was actually spiritual warfare. And we used, and still do use, flags and banners, shofars, a sword to represent the word of God. And we put on the Holy Spirit armour that was talked about in Ephesians. Now, why am I telling you this? Well, someone gave me a candle as a gift. And around the candle was this little explanation of my name, Brenda. And it says, an old Norse name meaning sword. And when I saw it, I realized why my name, which I still hated, was Brenda. It is this old Viking word for sword. And you see, that had significance for me because I was by then a preacher and a teacher of the word of God and part of this group that go up on the mountains and speak out blessings and God's word. And the word of God in the Bible is called the sword. It's part of the Holy Spirit armor that we're told to put on. So that was very exciting for me. That was a confirmation. Now, my good friend and prayer partner, Dolly, in the Methodist church, she's a South African lady, and her surname is Fife. Now, Fife means arrow. So imagine our delight when we went to a worship evening some time ago, and the speaker prayed for both of us together, not knowing our names. He spoke over us this verse from Isaiah 42, and it says this, The Lord called me from my birth. From within the womb, he called me by name. He made my words of judgment as sharp as a sword. He has hidden me in the shadow of his hand. I am like a sharp arrow in his quiver. Wow, that was amazing. Because in God's eyes, we are the sword and the arrow being used by God to declare his word and pray for our town and our nation. And so for us, it was a confirmation that God knew us and that he was using us. And I'm amazed by that and honored now that that name that I dislike so much has significance and that God uses me to declare his word. And you know, God knows each of us by name. We're not just a face in the crowd to him, I remember a long, long time ago when my boys were very small and I could get them on my shoulders. The Queen came to Abergavenny and we went up to the station to see how we had our flags. We were waving and the boys were on our shoulders. And as the Queen went past in her big car with big windows, I looked straight at her and she looked at me and it was such a disappointment because she didn't know me. I knew her or I thought I knew her, but she didn't recognize me at all. But you know, that's not God, because God sees us 
and he knows us. And we, when we see him face to face, will know him. You know, he has a plan for us. He knew us before we were born. Isaiah 43 says, Do not be afraid. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And further on in Isaiah, it says, Can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. See, I have written your name on the palms of my hands. I quite often write things I don't want to forget on my hands, usually on the back. But how amazing to think that God writes our names on the palms of his hands. We know that names in the Bible are very significant. There are several long lists of names, genealogies. For example, in Nehemiah, all the people who helped to build the walls, to rebuild those ancient walls, are named and and what they did is written down. Um, I remember one Advent time, Hugh got the, the job of preaching on Matthew 1, the list of genealogies, all those names going right from the beginning up to the birth of Jesus. And I thought, phew, I'm glad I didn't get that one. But wow, Hugh did a brilliant job of that sermon, speaking about those names and how they demonstrate God's plan for salvation, talking about characters like Boaz, the husband of Ruth, whose mother was Rahab, the prostitute from Jericho. There was Jesse, the father of the shepherd boy David, Solomon, who built the temple, going right through to Joseph, husband of Mary, mother of Jesus. Names are important. Special names given to places of encounters with God, altars built and named so that people would remember what God had done in those places. Names in the Bible are often changed to have deeper significance. So we know that Abraham became Abraham, father of many. Jacob, whose original name meant deceiver because he tricked his brother out of his inheritance, became Israel, God fights. And in the New Testament, we know Simon became Peter and Saul became Paul. Angels gave Zechariah the name for John, their unexpected baby. And to Mary, the angel Gabriel gave the name Jesus, the Lord saves, with deep spiritual significance. So all through scripture, we have these names. And then there are the names of God, Jehovah, Yahweh, he that is, that was, and will be. God of the past, God of the here and now, God of the future. And as we go through the Bible, so other names are attached to Jehovah, so that we understand more of who Jehovah is, who our God is. And these are powerful names that can help us as we pray. Jehovah Elohim, the creator, the one who's put everything together, the one who made us and who has a plan for our lives. Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, the one who makes us whole. Jehovah Nissi, I love that one, the Lord is my banner, the one who fights for me, the one who's on my side. 
Jehovah-Rohi, the God who leads me, who is my shepherd, who goes ahead of me. Jehovah-Shalom, the God of my peace. And then Jehovah-Shammah, the God who is there, who is here with us. And often in prayer, I pray, God, will you be Jehovah-Shammah in this situation? God, be here, here in Abergavenny, here in my neighborhood, here in my family, here in what's going on that I'm concerned about. Jehovah-Shammah, the Lord who is there. And then El Shaddai, God Almighty, the God who can do all things. Nothing is impossible for him. And El Roy, the God who sees me, who looks into my heart, who knows me through and through. And all these names, these titles, tell us something wonderful about our God and his character, that he's everything that we need and that nothing is impossible for him. And then we come to the New Testament and we find the names given to Jesus to help us to understand who Jesus is, not just the son of a lowly carpenter, but Messiah, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, and as we read in our reading today, Emmanuel, God with us. And how amazing that through the Holy Spirit, who is called counselor, advocate, spirit of truth, helper, friend, teacher, we have direct access in our prayers to who God is. Because Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And as we move towards our celebrations of Christmas, you know, that name Emmanuel, God with us, that the children will have been learning about today, is so important for us to grasp. Because our God is not remote. He is not far removed from us. Through Jesus, who came to us as a helpless human baby, who lived a human life yet without sin, who died on the cross to be the sacrifice for our sin, who was raised to life again, God is with us. When Jesus ascended back into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit as he had promised, who came to those disciples gathered in the upper room at Pentecost, and their lives were never the same. The Holy Spirit came then, and he continues to come to every person who declares their belief in Jesus, bringing us the very presence of God, his power, his authority in us, with us, so that we can continue his work of spreading the gospel and making disciples. God is Emmanuel, God with us. God wanting to be in that close relationship with us, not distant, not remote, with us. God with us in our good times, God with us in our bad times, in our joys and in our sorrows. And he is with us to equip us and empower us to continue his work on earth. When we are weak, he will be strong. When we think we can't, God with us says, in my strength, you can. When we say it's impossible, 
God says, for me, all things are possible. At the end of Matthew and Mark's Gospels, we read how Jesus sent out those disciples to go and spread the word to make more and more disciples throughout the world. And that commission is for us too. And I believe you heard something of that last week. That's what the church is supposed to be doing. And Jesus reassures us in Matthew 28, be sure of this, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Emmanuel, God with us. And if we allow him to, he will guide us, equip us, and empower us to do his work. At Falderbrennan, the Christian Retreat Centre in Pembrokeshire, when we say the Lord's Prayer, we say it a bit differently, a bit more positively. We do it with actions. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done here on earth, here in my bit of earth, here in Abergavenny, here in my neighborhood, here in my family. Thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. That's a powerful prayer. And last weekend, when I was at Falderbrennan for their conference, it was great to say that prayer and pray it strongly with people from all over the world, naming their own nations, their own situations as part of that prayer. Because if God is with us, we should be expecting things to be happening. Jesus says in John 14, anyone who believes in me will do the same works as I have done and even greater works. What works did Jesus do? He healed the sick. He released those imprisoned by demonic spirits. He raised the dead. He showed compassion. He showed wisdom. He was a light in a dark world. And we, as individual followers of Jesus, and as a church, are called and equipped to do the same. Now, as I said, I was at Falderbrennan last weekend for their Kingdom Power and Glory Conference. And people were there from all over the world, in a a tiny country church on a very narrow lane with very limited facilities. People had come from all over the world to Wales because they had heard what God was doing here in our country. It was awesome. I spoke to a guy in freezing cold weather in flip-flops who had come from New Zealand from New Zealand for a weekend, literally. It was a long weekend because it took him two days to get here and two days to get back. And we said, why did you come? He said, well, I read The Grace Outpouring, which is the the story of how Falderbrennan started and what's been happening there. And, And I felt as if I should come. And I couldn't get that idea out of my head. And it seemed really crazy to travel all that way just for a weekend In fact, he'd never actually been outside New Zealand. And he kept thinking about it and couldn't couldn't get it out of his mind. So in the end, he went to the travel agents and he said, look, how much will it cost me to get to Wales? Just, Just put any weekend in. I don't care what you put in. Just put any weekend so I get an idea of what the price is. And the dates they put in were the weekend of the Kingdom Power and Glory Conference. And he came. 
and he came all the way from New Zealand for a long weekend to come to a tiny church in the middle of a, of a Welsh wilderness. But he came because he knew God had told him to come. And I said, well, what, 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 what are you going to take back to New Zealand? He said, I don't know. He said, but I had to come, and I'm, now I've got to go back and do something with this. And I just would love to know what God is going to do with that guy when he goes back to New Zealand. People there were weeping with awe about what God is doing in Wales. And I just feel that we're missing out somewhere because we don't get how awesome and amazing and incredible God is and what he's actually doing from Wales going out all over the world. I was in in the queue for the loo and the lady, I said, where do you come from? Oh, she said, "Uh, Washington, D.C. We've just come over for the weekend for the... People, you know, people were there from Canada, from Singapore, uh, from all over, from India, just come to get a bit of what is happening in Wales. And they all have such a heart for Wales because this is the land of revival. One of the things we were asked while we were there was, do you want tin fruit? And they held up a tin of fruit. Or do you want fresh fruit? Because we can be comfortable with that tinned fruit. It's nice, it's sweet, it's comforting, it's delicious. But there's a difference when you have the real thing, the fresh fruit, the crispness, the vibrancy, the the freshness of it. And that was the question. Do we want the tinned fruit or do we want the fresh fruit? And, you know, it's the Holy Spirit that makes the difference. We can settle for average, we can settle for okay, for easy, for comfortable, or we can allow the life and the vibrancy and the freshness of the Holy Spirit to fill us to overflowing with his life and his power. Emmanuel, God with us. Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there. God who is not distant and remote. He doesn't want to be distant and remote. We make him distant and remote sometimes. But he wants to be God in us, the hope of glory. So in finishing, I just want to ask, have you let him in, right into your life? And will you allow him to work in and through you by his spirit? Because we only need to ask him, to ask him for more. Nothing pleases him more than for his children to ask for more of who he is. So we're going to pray now. Father, we're just so thankful that you are not a distant, remote God, detached from your people. Thank you that because of what Jesus did for us in coming as a baby to earth and dying on that cross... Through the Holy Spirit, you are indeed Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you that you know us by name, that you are Father, Papa, Daddy, and you love us with an everlasting love. Lord, we want more of you, more of your spirit, more of your life, so that we can be partners in the amazing things you continue to do to bring about your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And in a moment of quiet, Lord, we just come before you 
and we ask you to show us how we can make room for more of you, for that closer, deeper relationship with you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.